Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Marquides, and I am joined by Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lee Keller. Hello. So, guys, this has been a long time coming, huh? Hmm. I, I mean, I've been wanting to talk about it. When? When? Like November? November? November. November. Yes. November. Yeah. Yeah. November. Yeah. Ooh, man. It's been so, it's been months. Yeah. Yeah, Wakanda forever. Ooh. Ooh. Finally touching it, guys, because it finally came out on Disney Plus. What was it? Friday. Right. I no. I, I, I don't know because. I watched it in the theaters twice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah, I watched it in in theater uh, opening night, and um, I cried. I cried a lot too. I feel like a lot of people cried a lot. I watched it last night. I did not cry. That's so sad. That's big sad. I cried at the beginning and the end. So so tell me guys what what were your what were your thoughts? I loved it enough to go see it again although to be fair the first time I saw it we were at the drive-in and the car battery died uh spoilers time already uh right before Ramonda dies um and so I missed all of that uh except for the um the parts with subtitles and I I was still moved by what happened I just didn't see exactly what happened because I was dealing with getting the battery jumps uh, <laughs> but I saw it the second time around and again I loved it and also like oh that's what I missed okay now some other things make some more sense but I thought it was great I thought there were a lot of good themes of grief in there um and growth so those are my thoughts link what, what what sort of thoughts did you have um here at geek therapy <laughs> we try not to be too critical or yuck people's yums so i'm gonna do my best um it, it was not my favorite movie there were parts about it i enjoyed i do think that the stuff where they were touching on grief was the strongest part of the movie and clearly the weight of that is so important because of Chadwick Boseman's death um so both the fictional characters and also all of the real people who knew him were grieving his actual loss um and I definitely thought that that was the strongest part of the movie but I wish that they had honed in and focused on just that instead of trying to do all of the other stuff that I felt like really undermined the emotional parts and uh, it felt like too much like Marvel movie setup mm -hmm. stuff um, that I did not really vibe with. Uh, but I will say Ruthie Carter, the mm -hmm. costume designer, mm -hmm. Ruth, if you're listening to our podcast, will you marry me? Because, oh, my God, like, <laughs> every outfit is a 10 out of 10. I could not look away. It was a visual treat. Absolutely love the costume design. I If, if she does not win the Oscar for costume oh. design, it is, it's over. I am. I am. Mm -hmm. I got to check if it's still happening. There was um, at the Seattle museum the costume. They, yeah they mm -hmm. had her her exhibit up there and I, I was gonna go with a friend and something didn't work out and we ended up not going and i'm like super bummed <laughs> i'm like god i hope it's either still there or it comes back again so i can see it because i love her costume design it is so gorgeous um but yeah that's my baseline feelings about about wakanda forever i thought the um yeah. the opening not not the opening scene, but the beginning part of the movie when they are doing the funeral procession was mm -hmm. the coolest part of the movie. I which was loved which was taken that. from actual like uh, so I can't remember which tribe or tribes, but from actual African like funeral processions. That um, I I am 
not familiar with uh, most African mm -hmm. funeral ritual. Um, I do have some familiarity with like American, like Black American funeral rituals, but um, I thought it was really beautiful to see, and it definitely felt real. Um, so obviously, I did, I did do like they that don't send them into into space in a in a thing. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna but, say that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe there is a hidden who knows? country. Who knows? But yeah, no, I thought that that was um, really uh, emotionally impactful. I thought the um, again the costuming, having everybody in white, was so beautiful. Having the the use of the slow mo in that scene was really great. Um, it it felt very much like respectful of people who lose somebody and what that mm -hmm. that feels like to exist within um while also bringing you know the big screen experience of of getting to see so much stuff happening at once like that, that was, it was really cool i really liked that scene yeah yeah um one of the things when you brought up like you're offline talking about your thoughts and i i had a feeling overarching narrative like wasn't gonna be what you were drawn to but like the individual stories of grief and the individual character the characters we love and i think yeah you're asking for like more of that um, if, if it had been a movie that was just focused on women's grief Mm -hmm. Which it did in a lot of parts. Like that mm -hmm. was like the emotional through line. There is is looking at the queen and the princess dealing with the death of T'Challa, and how that ripples out through their community, um, including internationally. Like having it be narratively focused on that, I felt like would have strengthened the entire thing. But mm -hmm. it, it had to squeeze in so many other things happening. I, of course, I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, uh. like there were some things I was like, okay, we did we. It, I felt most lost when like our CIA friends were around. I really liked mm -hmm. Riri Williams, and I am really looking forward to her show. Um, but yeah, uh, my favorite parts were Sherry, Ramonda, Nakia, um, Okoye. Uh, it was. Those are the important pieces. And looking at especially Sherry, who has literally lost her entire family. Um, and what that does to her. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Mark? Hmm. You guys are bringing up a, a whole lot of, of just tidbits of goodness here. Um, and I think when i watched it because i've only seen it i only saw it once i didn't um go see it again and i haven't had a chance to rewatch it but when i watched the first time um i think that a lot of my opinions of it and my views of it were were skewed because i was like oh this is a marvel movie this is black panther like the first one was so good and so i walked in and just with it being a Marvel movie, I guess I was able to turn my brain off to my analyzing side of it um, and just mm -hmm. sit there and be able to enjoy the movie for what it was. There is something um, very wonderful about having that power. <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's a wonderful superpower. I would and also say, I, I, I think viewing this movie in theaters is like the intended viewing experience. So correct. I feel like you guys, oh, yeah. like, you know, I, I have a okay TV. <laughs> I sit close <laughs> to it. Um, <laughs> But um, I, you know, I was watching it at home by myself. Uh, I did, mm -hmm. I did watch Black Panther in theaters. Is the only movie I've ever gone to see by myself, which was like a big deal at the time. Now I'm like, oh, I don't go to theaters anymore because COVID. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do, I do think that like getting the like full sound system because also the audio design was very good. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that would which, definitely like, elevate the experience. Um, having gone to the drive-in, uh, the visual wasn't so great for me. Uh, there was a, the, the helicopter scene towards the beginning. I was like, what just like, and it was the second time around. I was like, well, how did that helicopter like get pulled out of the sky? And I was like, oh yeah, he has wings on his feet. <laughs> um, but there, there were a couple of scenes that were like 
real dark. Really like, dark. Like, hard, hard to Yo, see yeah. what was going mm-hmm. on, so, which felt, yeah, sort but of out of place in Black Panther. Being in my car with a really nice sound system that rumbles was really nice. Um, and at home, we have a home theater with a sound bar and a subwoofer, so it makes things really nice and almost theatrical to watch things at home as well. So I am probably, yeah, I, I get the best of the visual and audio experience most of the time. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the movie and I was having fun the whole time and figuring out, trying to figure out what was going on. I, I know it's a Marvel movie. I know they're going to pack a bunch of stuff in and that's the stuff I'm usually looking for because they are catering to the nerd that is me. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I think, um, what was really cool was it was incorporating my culture as a part of Mm -hmm. uh, like my, I feel like now my culture has really entered the Marvel universe and it, it feels kind of weird for me to say because I've never really identified with a lot of my Mexican culture, but I think just seeing it there was like, I was like, Oh wow, that's really cool. And then the other part of me was like, wow. So we're the bad guys in this movie. Um, but obviously, it's a lot more. But black also and white not. Very, yeah, it's exactly. The colonizers it's, are the exactly, bad guys. Exactly. It's the colonizers. Um, so like, it, but in, in my head, that like that was like a little joke that I made in my head. I was like, wow. So we're the bad guys here. Okay, I get it. Um, but it all in all, it was it was a really I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice viewing experience for me. Um, but when I was hearing, um, when reading links opinions about it offline and Josue's as well I was like hmm it got me to rethink on my experience in the movie and there were a lot of things that I was able to kind of like think back and recognize and be like okay I can see where you're coming from I see those points don't let them steal your joy mark (laughs) I mean I still really enjoy the movie it's not like all of a sudden I hate the movie now like this you know this movie's not good to me no I still very much enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed my experience but Mm -hmm. I do see how my opinion like because it was a Marvel movie and because it was brand new and because the first Black Panther was so good I could see how because I turned my brain off and was just able to enjoy the movie, my I can definitely see how I overlooked a lot of things um, and didn't quite pay attention to a lot of things. Um, kind of like like how you guys are talking about like the women's grief part of things. Um, while obviously it's it's all there and I can see it that I didn't put a whole lot of focus into that particular piece i think i'm more so focused on the different stages of grief just as a general piece and it's more more specifically with with shuri's anger towards everything um and her Mm -hmm. resentment that grows towards just the the world as a whole um and how that ultimately feeds into sort of the black panther that she's choosing to become which is more vengeful a little bit more serious than i'd say t'challa was because obviously um you know when she undergoes the transformation and she goes to the ancestral plane she doesn't see her family like she really wants to because that's not who she's the most connected to at that moment it's um killmonger Mm -hmm. and he sort of having her realize that Shuri and him are a lot alike in the same sense because they're choosing to enact their grief and their pain in the same way. Um, I think about that fact that like she's expecting to see her mother there and I was like, you think about she rejects everything about how her mother is grieving T'Challa. And so of course she's going to see Killmonger. Yeah, like of course they both decided like like when you draw the parallels from it from the first movie and with with Killmonger and and Shuri I, you can see you definitely see a lot of their similarities how they chose to instead of to kind of sit there with the the grief and the pain and really process through it and come to terms with it they chose to 
Well, with Shuri, she's trying to do everything she can to avoid it, to ignore it. And I think with Killmonger, he's doing a lot of, he wants to take action in hopes that the actions will make the feelings go away when in reality they're not. Um, But in that sense, like they're both trying to achieve the same goal of running away from the pain that they're feeling for him. It's the loss of his father. And for her, it's, you know, her mom, brother, literally everybody else. Um, So I thought that parallel between the two characters that I initially, I I didn't even think it it was a surprise to me when I saw it. Um, But afterwards I was like, that makes a whole lot of sense considering how Shuri was throughout the whole film. Um, and it's also interesting to see just how like her character has developed over the course of the films and how much she's grown as a person, but also just how drastically different her view of the world has been since the very beginning when she goes, what are those to this stuff is stupid and forget about this because it's not going to bring anybody back. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to focus on my technology. Well, because essentially from when the world discovered what Wakanda actually was, her world has been destroyed in so many different ways. Um, and she's been on this ride and can't get off. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I haven't read, so one thing that I appreciated um, about the previous movie and this one, all... I have been someone who's read all of Ta-Nehisi Coates and Roxane Gay's version of Black Panther and World of Wakanda. And there were so many little nods and things that were included that made it so rich and good. And I've read a couple of other Black Panther um, uh, runs as well, but I haven't read a lot of like what Shuri's experience was like, because in, in the comics, like, T'Challa dies and then comes back or they, or he dies or they don't know where he is. And she has to be the black Panther. Um, And then I think she dies and then is pulled out of the ancestral plane um, and comes back because not sure if if this one is accurate, but but I think because T'Challa is going away um, to space or went missing going through a black hole or something so it's a very different shuri and i i hope that some of it was pulled from the stories in the comics um but yeah lots of grief lots of different kinds of grief lots of different um i don't know okoye is also grieving right grieving her her best friend her king dying um and then she loses her job. Uh, that is everything she is, and eventually gets to rise as as a midnight angel, um, which is so cool. In the comics, Aneka, Anika, um, who is the other midnight angel in the in the movie, and her partner Io are the midnight angels in the comics. Um, and I was kind of hoping that we're going there, but at least we got a little, we got a, we got a little queer kiss. We got a little gay as a mm-hmm. treat. <laughs> yum, yum, we yum. Did. It actually happened. I wasn't imagining it. Um, so that was nice. Um, and I think about all the things that Ryan Coogler had to balance in making this movie, right? All the Marvel stuff that like, we have to make sure we get this in for the, like, the Riri Williams. So we're setting up the show. We got to set up uh, the Thunderbolts uh, with uh, Madam Hydra and, and all of this. And he still manages to bring it full circle. There might be some pieces missing in the middle. But, like, it's about T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman and losing him and how... Like they, they, like I said, and I will still stand by it. I think it's a wonderful tribute to him, and I feel his presence in the movie without him being there. Um, I mean, they did give you two whole montages, so like, mm-hmm. don't forget, don't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, the second they did, and the same thing happened, but not to the same extent. When they did the Stanley tribute in the Marvel logo, I got teary eyed there. With this one, 
Chadwick Boseman being all the scenes in the Marvel logo, that got me. And then watching Sherry try to save him and being unable to save him. I feel like that hits home for me in a lot of movies is that like trying to save somebody desperately and knowing you have the skill and the power to do it and you can't. Um, I think that one is, is a particularly hard. I think that that was like a really good directorial choice to have him being sick and dying off screen. We are just in Shuri's point of view. We are experiencing her and then cutting to the Marvel opening montage and it's all him i think that that was actually a really good choice because it does center him as such an important part of the story um without focusing on him being sick and dying like visually like relying on that kind of visual impact for emotion is um it's already done we don't need we don't need to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, instead focusing on shuri's pain experiencing that i think was an important choice Mm -hmm. yeah it was something that when when it came on like you could feel it in the entire theater like everybody was hit It, it was such an emotionally charged and powerful moment from that scene all the way through the the marvel logo opening um boy it hit me it hit me hard and i wasn't expecting it right out of the gate like that but they they came swinging um but Mm. then but then yeah having it really just be focused on on shuri's point of view and then we're basically on this whole grieving journey with her throughout the whole rest of the film i think is is really nice um but I do think now when I look back on it that the trying to cram a lot of the stuff in there, um, it's good for, for what they were doing, but I do think it, it, at times it, it was a bit much and, and started just detracting and derailing itself from the act, what the actual story was supposed to be. And some of the, like, I don't know, the, the shock and the anticipation and, and all of that, I think that you felt Mark, we went to go see it opening weekend. Everybody knew what was like, like we didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but we knew he was going to die. We knew that there was no way they were keeping and recasting a T'Challa. So it's like that moment we were all waiting in anticipation for like the shock of him dying and the grief that we were going to feel and that these people who had worked with him on the previous movie were feeling while doing this. Um, And I think that added another layer of like knowing that some of those tears were probably real. Um, So we watched it at a time when it was on everyone's minds and there was like a collective grief going on. Um, Lincoln Houseway just watched it and there's not that same context, even though their own personal experiences might of waiting to see what happens were there. It just wasn't in that swept up in that collective grief, possibly. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. think that's that's a big part of it. The experience of being in a shared space with people who very much want to be there for open like specifically I'm going to see opening night. Like that vibe brings a lot to the experience. It's fantastic if you if you get to do that with something that you care about um that's that's quite an experience um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i um i i like i said before i thought that the grief stuff was the the most interesting and impactful part of the movie so when they sort of shifted away from that to to do other plot stuff and introduce new characters and stuff it, it felt a little bit like it's like get that out of my way i want to see i want to see the good stuff um for me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah and some of that is also related um like namor is also feeling some grief uh he's long removed from it probably but like the grief of his mom dying um and then also the grief of what his world was before people started 
figuring it out and f- and knowing that there's something down there and like this grief of like not being able to like stay it's not protected and hidden anymore and the world is changing um yeah and some of it also like i think some of those pieces are there to be how shuri works through her grief and moves through things like there's all all of the interactions having to go find nakia and um even though that wasn't her but um trying to figure these things out and um i don't know it's her way of working through things and yes most of the scenes involving our C- the cia agents i'm like why they, why are they could have cut there was all no, of yeah. that <laughs> there was no point there was no point like i yeah. love julia uh louis, louis Dreyfus. like yeah. I-, I love her and uh i as like mm, chef's kiss uh calling martin freeman colonizer to his face is still funny it's still funny um uh-huh. but they could have they could have cut all of that stuff um mm. yeah the the Namor uh, whole plot line I feel very conflicted about because he was entrancing. When he was on screen, I was Mm -hmm. eyeballs on him. He he was so charismatic and, like, I was, like, his design with the little wings and his ears and and his... uh, necklace piece with the pearls um like loved that and the way that um uh taka taco lawn fuck i'm forgetting the name oh no the uh, the city the city city that he's from the underwater city oh i'm really embarrassed i messed that up um it's fine keep going uh that city looked gorgeous the people looked really cool um like visually so so intriguing interesting i was so excited about it um but they didn't let any of his supporting characters have any depth at all Mm -hmm. which was really disappointing um i i the city is tolokan (laughs) tolokan thank you um (laughs) i i did not like that he and his people were antagonists to the Wakandans. Which, again, it's, like, it's similar but not quite to the first movie where he's not really the villain. Like, yeah. you understand why he's doing what he's doing. He's not really the villain colonizer's modern world that is the villain, but they pushed it a little... It, it was K- different. K- Killmonger's I- whole thing, was like, had a lot more depth to it. I, I kept getting hung up on the, like, you're worried about people finding your underwater lair, so you're going to kill a scientist who created a tool that a government is using. Like, mm-hmm. why isn't the government your focus there? And then why would you <laughs> redirect right. that towards the other <laughs> group Con- yeah. of mm-hmm. isolationist indigenous group? Um, like, I I was just like, I was like, the government's already blaming Wakanda. Like, if you don't show up, if you don't say anything, you're you're skate free here. Nobody's coming after you. You're going to start an international conflict and that's kind of shitty, but like, you would be fine. Nobody would come looking for you. Mm -hmm. But it's not your international conflict. Don't say anything. Um, but it's like, no, I really got to kill that kid. Um, (laughs) Yeah, which, like, is that whole setup is so that you get to have, basically have Shuri come to grips with, like, what kind of Black Panther is she going to be? Who does she want to be? What does she want to do with the world um, that she's in? How does she, where's her morals, right? Yeah, yeah, I like. Don't let, mm-hmm. don't let people kill the other smart Black people. That's where mm-hmm. Shuri's morals are. Um. Yeah, and I definitely think what also kind of makes what made Kill Killmonger a little bit more of an effective um, antagonist in the story was that, like Link said, 
there was a lot of depth there and there was Mm -hmm. a chance to really build on the character and really solidify his roots and his origins and sort of get the reasoning as to why and it made sense for the context of the story here like we were saying with um not more he is he's the only character in their whole civilization that really gets any sort of depth all other than his mom right exactly like, yeah. and even then mm-hmm. that's told it's, through yeah, it's in memories in a flashback it was, so it's, yeah. It's, yeah it's back back yeah like we get a little bit of that but it's playing into him and how he became the way that he that he is and everyone else is just just his, like they're just his people mm-hmm. and they're they're the ones that just do what he sells them to do. So like, there's nothing there. So they're the ones that are going to follow the orders without question. If he says attack, they're going to go until he tells them to stop. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, Hey, we're do we're doing as we're told and we have no remorse for this. And then, you know, then Linky make the, the fair point of like, okay, so we're going to go after one person and not the real enemy, the government. Like the mm-hmm. government's the real enemy here, and we're not we're we're being distracted by a college age child. Yeah, it yeah. it like felt- literally you already destroyed the ship that was looking for it and the tool. So they successfully did that mission. Like I, <laughs> it really it's like it that it leads back into the like Marvel is always setting up the next thing and so it's like it was very much i was like oh this like the reason that they're so focused on on riri is because she's iron man jr and so it's like you have to kill the iron man um it's it's like a hyper focus on that instead of getting into like more nuanced stuff about international politics and resource management and and all of that stuff um again i i really liked like the visuals of namor and his people and i wish that we had gotten more time to like explore that like the closest we got is when um mbaku is like they see him as a god like they're not calling him king they are they are referring to him as a god and he's got this huge underwater temple and i'm like i want to know like what are their people like? Like, what yeah. what are they doing down there for hundreds of years while the rest of the world's doing its own thing? Like, how, you know, having a leadership person who doesn't die, like, what does that mm-hmm. do to a people and their culture? Like, I'm so intrigued by all of that. And they're just like, no, no, no. They've got a shark throne. Isn't that cool? And I'm like, yes, it is very cool. Oh, but I and want more. And they've got the sun under the water. Like, that's really cool. It's really but cool. But then they're more. like, we got to go on to the next thing. We got to do the Iron Man suit. We got to. I'm like, okay. All right. I want to know the more. Hope is, <laughs> the hope is you'll get more. Um, or the hope is you'll go buy some comics and read mm, more. I mean, that's probably <laughs> the truth of it. <laughs> um, Though I guess they've, they've changed a lot. Like, again. Namor is supposed to be from Atlantis. And, mm-hmm. like, un- I have a feeling they're going to do a similar thing to what they've done with Aquaman. Um, what DC has done with Aquaman. I have a feeling we're going to get some comics that are this version of no more um because yes he he is a very different uh character in in the comics yeah i i mean i was mm-hmm. i was compelled i wanted more but uh sorry uh but i <laughs> i it just it felt like it was too many too many things trying to get squoezed into one really long movie <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they sandwich it at the end with a beautiful like Shuri has finally come to grips with like who she is, how to how she should grieve for herself. Like she, everyone gets to grieve differently. She makes this decision for herself, but this is how she wants to grieve and she's come to this like almost acceptance stage of like he's gone and goes through the burning of the the robes and gets a a little bit of a new beginning and a little piece of her brother back. And that is what hit me, that little boy. 
and his like cute little smile saying, I am Prince T'Challa, son of T'Challa, King T'Challa. Just like, I want more, I want more of him too. And they only gave us a little tiny so, bit. So Jessica said to me, and I didn't confirm this, but originally before Chadwick Boseman died, the second Black Panther movie was supposed to be about him and his son doing Correct. adventures or something. Something like that. And also playing into the fact that um, because T'Challa was was snapped away in the blip, it, like he was gone in the blip. And so he missed the first five years of his kid's life. So coming back into that and learning how to be a dad was essentially what the movie was supposed to be about. Um, and that would have been a really cool movie. I would have really yeah, loved that. Yeah, I was I was talking to Jessica about it, and I was like, I want I I don't I don't know if it was Chadwick Boseman's death and that the impact on the narrative, or if it was just this is a Marvel movie sequel, and therefore it has certain things that it needs to do uh, that made this movie not as strong as Black Panther. Um, I couldn't tell you which way that would go, if it would be mm -hmm. a stronger story, if it was Namor and, and T'Challa combating with T'Challa coming from the perspective of, like, I'm looking towards the future in the eyes of my child, who I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, building I'm a relationship with. I'm just taking care of, and I want to protect him yeah. and his future. Yeah. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that would have been more structurally put together than focusing on the grief of, of the main women characters and then pairing that with the Namor plot. Um, but yeah. 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 I don't know. I feel, I feel like this is like the idea of the, the grief and, and going through that um, and sort of framing in, in for sure, like sort of forging her own identity um after ex having all these experiences and these suffering all these losses i think is like a, a more a, it's a more compelling story in my eyes because i feel like the the trope of well i'm looking towards the future and i'm trying to preserve the past i feel like that's something that kind of gets played on quite a bit um and that even goes to just history in general because a lot of conflicts is about either being looking towards the future or and trying to change the future or trying to preserve things from the past. Um, and so I just feel like while I think it would have been a, a cool story idea to see and, you know, getting more of tiny T'Challa screen time, um, I think that ultimately this is a, a more compelling story um, but again, yeah, it, it's, it, it got watered down and with the cramming of, of all these different <laughs> ideas and, you know, suffering from the, the Marvel sequel tropes of, nope, we got to set things up for phases nine and 10 right now in phase four or phase five, whichever one we're in now. I don't even uh, remember. Black Panther was the end of phase four. Oh, I thought No Way Home was. I think Black. I thought Black Panther kicked off Phase Five. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Laura, confirm this. Uh, this might take a second. Hmm. But either I like. I I think when after kind of hearing you guys sort of talk about it, I think if I were to choose, I think I would choose this story of, of Wakanda forever, as opposed to the original idea. I still think it would have been really nice and really cool, but I think this ultimately has more weight and has a lot more to kind of dig deep into because I feel like when it comes to the other stuff, it's, it's been touched on already. And while I'm sure there'd be a lot of cool and interesting things to talk about there. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's been done. I mean, my my favorite part of Black Panther was all of these fantastic supporting women. And so I was very excited that they were the focus of the sequel. Like, as much as I, you know, grieved the loss of Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther, like, very much excited to be all like, yes, ladies, like, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
technically, the end of Phase 4 is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So Wakanda <laughs> Forever is in Phase 4. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm sorry I laughed. <laughs> oh, man. I loved that special. It was a great special. Oh, that song is just so good. It was a really good Christmas song. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so they were wrapping up. Uh, phase four with this one and then as we go into quantum mania that will be phase five gotcha gotcha um you know another thing that um i also like that i thought was really really great that this movie did did was the um the development and the sort of natural leadership that was in mbaku because mm-hmm. in the very in the first film, you know, he's, you know, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, for lack of better words, he was he was he was a dick. He just was like, whom? Yeah, I'm I'm strong, and we have this tribe that's been cast out from the other civilized folk, and I'm gonna live in the mountains. And here he is providing wisdom and guidance, and is doing his and best comfort, yeah, to <laughs> offer comfort and support to Shuri while also reminding her of the traditions and sort of helping her to see her mother's perspective, even if she couldn't see it. And then in the end, finally taking that step and taking the role of King. I'm interested to see how the world political field and and how that's all going to play out with Umbaku now being the King of Wakanda. I think that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> Could you picture him walking into the that space, like that um, international conference at the beginning that Ramonda's in? Which that was beautiful, by the way. Her like talking through, like, uh, I know someone is stealing our or, or trying to find our vibranium and trying to build it and do other things, and then the 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 very person who's like oh i don't know because you won't give it to the rest of the world and i who would do that and then i know it was you um <laughs> yeah it's like how she just like blatantly just called out like all these different countries of like yeah we know it was you guys like don't try to play dumb was, so don't come was, at you us got your soldiers mm-hmm. <laughs> but like could you imagine M- mbaku going in there like I, I just mean, imagine like, anytime he tries to say anything, he would just do what he did in the oh. first movie. <laughs> <laughs> just, I feel like you just like shut it down. We're close enough borders again. Like we're gonna walk back that whole thing. We're uh, bye. we actually don't want to participate in international politics. Like bye. Uh. Uh, I do. I do really love um, Winston Duke. He's yes. he is a treasure. Mm-hmm. He really is. Mm. So guys, what else are we what else is there to kinda I know like we talked touched a lot about like the grief and the 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 growth that kind of takes place, especially with Shuri. We talked a lot about Namor and all the all that other goodness with with their civilization and us wanting more of it what else is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on or that we haven't talked about yet i just i also just want some more okoye trying to just be like a a regular person because i love her in the sunglasses and she is just like her delivery is beautiful on all of her lines um, and it's some of the some of the best parts of the movie. So just get right her to her going. You made me a spear. Oh my god, that was probably <laughs> the closest I got to crying. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally like the most emotional, impactful moment. Is her being like a spear? I missed my mm-hmm. spear so much. You're gonna give me a big spear back. Oh my god beautiful yeah yeah beautiful um i think the the, probably one of the funniest moments for me is when she walks out of riri williams like bathroom and it's like i told you i was giving you a few minutes we gots to go basically um yeah no she is and and i think 
her seriousness played with the comic relief makes it so much harder when like she like basically has been stripped of her honor and is just like told to go um because she's done nothing but try to protect her people and sometimes that has backfired so mm-hmm. then she not her fault that sure got kidnapped <laughs> And then she has to go all Zuko and has to be like, I need to reclaim my honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least she didn't have to go find the Avatar. That would have been really hard. <laughs> I think that really would have been. But also, I think she could have done it in significantly less time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just wakes up and he's like, wait, where am I? Oh, well, you know, you weren't that hard to find. So here we are. Done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A lot of really good little moments. There is a lot of small things, and I kind of wish I did rewatch it just just so that it would be fresh in my mind because I'm sure that there are things that when I watched it, I'm like, man, that'd be really awesome to talk about, and it's just eluding my brain at the moment. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. That's okay. That's okay. We've talked this movie through. I I will say that my, I guess this is going to be like one of my last thoughts here. Um, with Shuri and with her, once she becomes the Black Panther and when she's deciding which suit to put on and she takes the one that is more um, in likeness to Killmonger I I definitely like how that whole sequence went where she at first was rejecting it and then decided, no, I'm going to play into this. But at the same time, it it's also carrying those aspects of like, no, this is how I'm going to use this to my advantage, but at the same time, also basically show in a way like how she can also show restraint and control that she can feel these emotions and she can let them out, but also not let them dominate her um, and take control and then cause her to do something that she would inevitably regret. Because I know that one of the big things that they were talking about was if she were to kill him, he would be seen as a martyr and it would launch them into this huge war. Um, and I think Shuri realized that. And instead of being like, no, this is revenge, it's no, but this is to show you that like I'm not willing to hold back. I am, I will unleash full force if I have to, but I'm not because I recognize that there's a much bigger, there's much more at stake here. I am thinking about my people, not just my personal wishes for revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Own personal vendetta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I liked that growth where she, it's okay. Cause this this is going to be really, really funny because, because I just told you guys before we started recording that I just finished watching, rewatching Avatar, but it's almost like at the end here where is doing the energy bending and he almost loses that battle with Soza or with Ozai before he mm-hmm. then overpowers it. I feel like in this sense, that's a lot what happened with Shuri where she almost fully gave in and became just like Killmonger she almost destroyed him. Yeah, exactly. Because she knew how to, and she was doing it meticulously, and she was doing doing it brutally, and then saw, and and was able to kind of pull herself back, and regain control, and decide, no, this isn't the way that ne- needs to be done. This is being selfish, and I need to think about what's going to be best for my people. Since since by default she is you know, the ruler of them. So whatever she does, it's not going to impact just her, but everyone else that she cares about and all the people that look up to her, Um, which is also why I think in the end, 
for her, it's a good thing that she decided I'm not going to assume the role of queen because that that is something that I don't think she's prepared for or ready for. And I think she recognizes that. And so she's like, I need to do my own stuff. So I, I'm going to, I want to place Wakanda in hands that I believe are more capable. That sounds about right. I think you were making a lot of faces. You were doing a lot of motions I, and I gestures. Didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you because that was that was all really great. I uh, agree. I really loved Shuri's Black Panther outfit because it had both silver and gold in it. So it's like she was taking both T'Challa's suit and Killmonger's suit. And I thought that that was, you know, doubly mm-hmm. impactful after she meets Killmonger on the ancestral plane and talks with him and him, his perspective of like you know maybe you don't like what i did but i i did i worked bitch <laughs> like i got i got i got i got shit I done i got shit done i got results and i i think that that was so important that like in that moment of like you know you talked mark you talked earlier about her um because of her grief she didn't go and see her mom and her brother and her dad and her other ancestors on, on the ancestral plane. Instead, she goes to where Killmonger is, which, side note, like, kind of fucked up. Um, <laughs> like, they don't they don't have, like, a cross-ancestral plane meetup zone where they can all hang out together. Okay, it's fine. Not going to get into that. Um, I thought it was really important is, like, the, the reasons at which T'Challa had the... Uh, purple heart flower uh, and then Killmonger and like the reasons they were imbibing this substance to become powerful affected the like where they went and so it's like for her is like she's not doing it to connect with her ancestors she's doing it to like we're in danger and this is like the last idea that we have is like I'll I'll become a Black Panther because that's what we need right now and so having that like motivation connecting her to Killmonger and then her meeting up with him and instead of fully leaning into the like I like we're both filled with rage and it drives us is like she's like that is valuable but that's not the only way and sort of I thought that was like an emotional moment in Black Panther where maybe we don't uh agree with Killmonger's actions but his reasons were all valid and so it's like this idea of like it's not a or b like there are other options available to us and that was the thing that Killmonger introduced to T'Challa's like black and white thinking about running his people and being like okay there's another option here we're gonna do that and so I thought that that was a good like reflection echo of that moment in the first movie of her being like I'm going to combine these and I'm going to take what is useful and apply it to the situation we're in now um killing Namor might might maybe might maybe make me feel better about him like killing my mom right in front of me which was honestly very mm-hmm. fucked up but also mm-hmm. we had that whole scene where you revealed to me your mommy issues and so there's another option here where it's like maybe I don't continue the cycle of grief between our people within our peoples maybe there's something else we can choose here and sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a, a weapon to the throat to get you to open up to that, like, oh, there are other options available. <laughs> um, but I'm glad, I'm glad that that's that's what how that shook out. Um, yeah, yeah. I I will say, I didn't. I understand why they did it because I know it's kind of setting up for anything potentially in the future. But I didn't like how they made it seem like he was manipulating her in the end to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I did this so that way when the world turns against Wakanda, she'll turn to us because we, I made it so we would work together to quell this fighting and solve the issue or whatever the case is. Um, And so it's like, so when she needs us, she'll call upon us and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll, he'll eventually realize his true vision of basically going to world going to war with the surface people and 
having the backup of Wakanda to vibranium civilizations. Um, I think that would have landed better if they had given those people any sort of background exactly information because it felt felt very weird to him like it just it it like i just read it as like him being like i'm i'm supposed to be your god king and i'm a little embarrassed i got beat um so i'm just gonna be like actually that was my plan all along is like now she's on our side uh don't (laughs) worry like don't don't distrust my my capability as your leader here like i'm i'm still cool this is all going according to plan that would have been more like interesting and had more emotional impact if we knew anything about any of the characters he interacted with in his homeland (laughs) like right like because when you think about the wakandans the reason we care about the wakandans is because we know about all the people we met in the first movie right um even Mbaku. <laughs> yeah, like the the death of that one um, maid servant person, like the one that the one that <laughs> Does died. Doesn't even have a name. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm sure they met, probably did mention her name. I just they maybe only mentioned it like twice, which is why it's like it, it's not memorable. But like it. I get why it happened, but it just, I don't think it had the impact that I think they were hoping for it to achieve because they Which didn't... Which is why they had to spell out the, like, oh, no, now this is going to start a, a war because you killed her, you know? Yeah. And so it's... And, but then I think then to drive the point home of, like, no, they're actually going to go to war because of this one death of this one random character, we're going to kill your mom to really let that sink in like no 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 this is what happened you kill one random person from us i'm going to take out your queen um and you know sit with that for a little bit and um she does not in fact sit with that (laughs) no at all it's it's such a missed opportunity i feel because that whole scene ends up being more about shuri being like caring about people and being like no we have to help her and it's like we don't have time we have to leave and instead of being like what what are the implications of you know this person dying and how it's going to affect the cycle of grief like it's like Mm -hmm. we don't get any of that stuff It, it ends up being more just a like no like yes somebody got murdered in cold blood but like shuri was like sad about it so i was like that's fine um it was like mm, missed missed opportunity there uh <sighs> those face mask things looked great though huh <laughs> 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 uh, any uh any closing thoughts lara it's a good movie we can learn a lot about grief. Many different kinds of grief in this in this movie. Um I had fun. Uh and the soundtrack was also really good. Listen to the soundtrack. Um solid, just like the the uh, Black Panther, the first movie soundtrack. Um I think that also added to the emotional bits. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. I wish it was a little shorter uh, and a little tighter, but uh, it was fun. It was a visually exciting movie. Uh, if you've got to spare almost three hours, it's 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 a fun way to spend an afternoon. Uh, I would love to hear what our listeners think about the movie and what parts uh, emotionally impacted them and and um, what were your favorite costumes and (laughs) all that stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that this movie overall, I I enjoyed my experience with it. Um, And I think moving forward, um, I have to start tapping into my gt brain when i start watching these movies i would submit to you that you should you should let yourself be free to just experience Mm -hmm. it as you experience it especially on the first viewing i do recommend re-watching things for the more critical brain stuff yeah but like that is that is not a negative thing it is good that you are able to just sit and enjoy it and and be in the moment especially when you're watching it 
opening night in a theater surrounded by people who are all excited to be there like that is magic that's that's good that's good stuff mm-hmm. I, I i guarantee you i'm probably still gonna do that for quantum mania when i go see that um how can you not as quantum mania is <laughs> gonna be wild and crazy and fun exactly <laughs> Um, and on that note, thank you everybody so much for, for tuning into this week's episode. Um, feel free to check us all out on the discord. It's always popping in there. Um, and remember to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week. Mm, bye. Mm, Baku. <laughs> I, I almost went there too. Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.